1: Welcome to Locked on Bucks, I'm your host Kane Pittman here on a Thursday as we are, honestly every second that goes by we are getting closer to the draft, closer to free agency and closer to the season. We are one week away now from the NBA draft, so basically as you're listening to this, the draft uh, will have been done and uh it's pretty ridiculous to think about it from that point of view but joining me today on the show uh, a regular regular on the show a couple of times a week you know his voice from the bucks radio network uh which i uh, you know i assume could be firing up here again soon which is exciting to think about uh, bucks broadcast going again justin garcia what is going on
0: uh just in amazement that it's it's uh, basically here <laughs> the draft is A week away and then you know before you know it the camp is going to be what two weeks after that and the season's a month after that so it's already
1: here. I would like to say that this is the calm before the storm but this actually isn't really that calm so uh, we're going to talk about Russell Westbrook in a little bit here later on in the show because again I think any major player movements do come back and impact the Bucks. so we will talk about that in just a little bit here. We might even briefly touch on Aaron Gordon. I don't know if anyone saw those rumors. I had a couple of listeners reach out and ask me a question about Gordon. Uh, But to start, uh, yesterday, if anyone missed the podcast, it was really, really interesting for me uh, to talk to Spencer Perlman, who is a draft expert. Last year, he was doing some consulting for the Phoenix Suns. So this is a guy that knows what he's on about. If you missed that uh, episode, I highly recommend you go back and listen to that. He went through a bunch of potential options for the Bucks at the guard position and the wing position. And one of the guys that he really liked, Malachi Flynn, he spoke about him, another player that has a little bit more experience that could potentially be... Uh, at the Bucks pick, I believe John Hollinger might have mocked this man to the Bucks, Desmond Bain out of TCU. Both guys spent multiple years at college. We've seen the Bucks go down this path before in the second round with Malcolm Brogdon, and obviously that pick. Worked out, but at pick twenty four, if the Bucks are going to take this selection, they've got two ways of going about this. Uh, if they think that Giannis has signed an extension and he's going to be here for the long term, potentially they could go for a player with more long term upside, whether it's a, a Teo Melodon out of France, the guy that is going to need some development, or they could go with more of a, a college veteran, a guy that's more ready-made and ready to come in and, and impact the team. How do you balance that decision if you're the Bucs, do you think?
0: It's tough because it's, you're in a tough spot where you're, you're basically like, well, wow, I mean geez, I wish we knew the answer to what Giannis was going to do because that yeah. would help us navigate us towards what do we do here with the pick? Do we uh, look for a rotational guy? Do we try to move that and turn it into, even if it's just a, a guy that's on an expiring contract, but turn it into a current NBA player? Um, I caught part of your discussion, and I, I did the same thing on my show as well, focusing on the draft. And I talked with uh, Aaron Torres of Fox Sports and uh, Desmond Bain. Look, I'm not going to pretend to be a college yeah. basketball expert, Desmond Bain was one of the names that came up quite a bit in my discussion with uh, Aaron as well. And uh, we talked about the comp that you just said from the top too of, of Malcolm Brogdon where, look, this is a guy who obviously the age and the amount of time spent in college, but the maturity as well. And he's a guy that's kind of – I don't want to take anything away from him, but basically everything you're hearing. And um, when I talked with Aaron Torres who has followed him quite a bit – he kind of said the same is a high floor, lower ceiling, not necessarily low ceiling guy, which we kind of thought the same on Malcolm Brogdon. And obviously he's kind of burst through that ceiling, but we kind of thought the same thing where you just, and I think we do that with any four year or three or more year college player that you just say, well, you know, he's more of a sure thing, but he's not going to be a star. Malcolm Brogdon certainly changed a lot of minds on that, but it, he, That's really what the Bucs need more than anything. I've talked about it before, too, is, yeah, I mean, it would be great to knock it out of the park and basically find another Malcolm Brogdon that wins a rookie of the year or is that caliber player as late as the second round. But more than anything, you just need more Dante DiVincenzos at this point where the ideal goal here is Giannis is here long-term. You're paying Chris Middleton the figure that you're paying him. You have money invested all throughout the roster that we have – now we're beyond the point where the Bucs need to hit it on their draft picks because you need to have these cheap team-friendly deals that are giving you production. And you just look at the last, you know, almost decade of draft picks, we can count, you don't even need a full hand, but we can count on one hand the amount of productive guys that the Bucks have gotten through the draft.
1: Yeah, look, the draft has not been a happy hunting ground for Milwaukee. Now, clearly, I mean, Giannis was the home run. And it's interesting, uh, yesterday talking to Spencer Perlman, he did mention the seven-footer playing over in Greece. Uh, I, I don't want to mess up this name, but Pokusevsky, I believe his name is. Everyone's yeah. going wild for this guy. He's a little bit of an unknown, but he does not have the skill set of a seven-footer. He can pass the ball. He can play make uh, a little bit from everything I've read. Uh, again, no, no draft expert here. But he is the ultimate... High ceiling guy in this year's draft. Now, everyone's saying, "Well, the Bucks." Then they're comparing Giannis. Okay, well, and no one's expecting this guy to come in and be a two-time MVP. And perhaps there's even more of a chance that he ends up being a Thon Maker than being a Giannis. Now, the Bucs went in and they went early with Thon Maker and they took that guy. So that's the risk you have. But I certainly understand why Bucs fans would be all in on this guy because it's an exciting prospect. And if you did have him on the sidelines developing, he comes in, becomes an impact player, plays next to Giannis. That's the type of pick that, again, uh, raises your floor because the Bucs have not got the boost out of the draft that they would have liked in previous years. The the one thing I will say is that this draft, and again, uh, speaking to Spencer and speaking to other experts doing all the research uh, that we do, it does seem like pick 24 is something you can get excited about if you are a Bucs fan, if you uh, take a pick there. There's going to be options there that should be really productive NBA players and someone that um, you can really get behind as a fan. The question will be, because everyone's asking, well, how are the Bucks going to upgrade their roster? How can they do that without using this pick in some sort of trade? The only way that would really go down is if you went down the path of, uh, and again, not very sexy, but uh, you know, free agent signing of uh, maybe a DJ Augustine. Uh, you used your MLE on Danilo Gallinari and you, you added that way. Again, not a home run, not a Drew Holiday, not a Chris Paul, not even a Victor Oladipo for that matter. Um, but you still think that you have improved the team to to an extent, or improved the shooting that you're going to be able to uh, produce in the closing lineups. And in that instance, maybe they'll take the pick. I'm still leaning towards this pick going somewhere else because I, I just think the Bucks need to make a trade, and I don't know where the assets are if they don't use this pick. Yeah,
0: I mean the the, the so essentially they make a trade too. You're you it's basically you're you're working it out in advance and you're making this pick for some other team. And then we'll, we're going to find out a week later or maybe two days later that they've, they've uh, moved that pick as part of this deal. Well, actually, the moratorium on trades, they've lifted to, be, to end before the draft, haven't they?
1: Yeah. 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 So, so it, never it, mind.
0: I mean, yeah, it can be lumped in yeah. right from the start.
1: Yeah, and again, uh, we've spoke about that, the, the, the fact that the value of the draft pick as just pick 24 is a little bit higher than, uh, say, uh, Malachi Flynn, pick 24 with the Bucks, and it's a player uh, that perhaps the other teams wouldn't be all that interested in. So yeah, we're not going to have much time to waste here. One of the things that's been lost, uh, I guess, over the course of the year was uh, the fact that the pace was late. Uh, run actually moved this pick from around 16 17. It was hovering yeah. there all season long and then it ended up dropping all the way to 24, which is a bit of a blow because you actually then move into a different category of player around 16. Now they're all shuffling everywhere and potentially you get your guy either way, but uh, geez, pick 16 sounds a little bit nice, not only for potential prospects but uh, trade value as well.
0: Trade value, and I mean, uh, some of the names that we started to see early on that again, as somebody that my my exposure to it is just from reading the various mock drafts and scouting reports on some of these guys, but some of the names like I think the the one name that every Bucks fan has become more invested in than anybody else in the last couple of weeks of Tyrell Terry. I mean, yeah. if you're around 16, 17, 18, that may be – that probably is still too late at this point just for how much his stock has risen the last couple of weeks, but you're at least in the conversation if you're in that range. So, yeah, we forget – For the longest time, it looked like this was going to be one of the first non lottery picks that they had. And then that run by the Pacers changed things.
1: All right. We're going to move on to a potential, you know, really blowing up of the situation in Houston. Really fascinating to see what happens there. Before I get to that, I do want to mention. Uh, the NBA draft is just days away and the Locked On NBA podcast is mock drafting or we did mock draft every first round pick. Uh, I took Tao Maldon. Uh, listen, it's, it's not a pick I'm exactly thrilled about, okay? It's not even a player that I really want. It was the situation. Didn't do well. That's why I'm not an NBA GM. Listen to the Locked On NBA podcast every day leading up to the draft Here projections of each pick and expert analysis from chad Ford, the athletics john hollinger and sports illustrated's jeremy woo check the feed to catch up on past shows and don't miss a pick subscribe to locked on nba wherever you get your podcasts and also don't forget about our friends over at built and their brand new product built go because whether it's the mental or physical wall you can break through it with go every day uh, it's a little gel it's a, they've sent it out to me in australia it's fantastic i've used it just a little 1.5 ounce package i don't even know what an ounce is justin but uh whatever that's that's the package they send me uh built go is the best workout gel on the market it's five hour energy without the same crash feeling plus it's natural so it's better for the body uh three delicious flavors they have peanut butter honey chocolate coconut and chocolate mint The offer we have is pretty damn good. Visit builtgo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. All right, so the Houston Rockets... What a fall from grace from the Rockets. Now, uh, if the Bucs were to have a rival in the West, it's probably Houston with the whole James harden Giannis uh, situation. So listen, I'm not sad about this at all, but we know they lost Darryl Morey. He's with Philadelphia now. And basically, as soon as that happened, we figured that uh, Tillman Fatida was going to to sell off some players if he possibly could. We know... Uh, really strapped for cash, that millionaire over there. He's really struggling for money. So uh, he's been complaining about that for a little while here. Russell Westbrook apparently wants out of Houston, remembering that the Rockets gave up a whole bunch of picks for him only 12 months earlier, or I guess it was probably 16 to 18 months earlier now. Uh, but the, the Rockets, it's a disaster. And no one feels bad about it. No one feels sad about it, do they?
0: Uh, I'm sure Sam Presti doesn't feel sad about it. <laughs> and, the, um, you know, I think this was uh, two times in a row where a move like this was made by Houston, and all of us universally thought, there's no way this works out. Like, you go back to the Chris Paul move, and it was, uh, are you sure you can play Chris Paul and James Harden together? And we saw, well, you know what? I guess you can. We all said the same thing. and it, it was even louder when Russell Westbrook went there And we, it feels like we're right for about 80% of the year, but in around, what, February and just before the season shut down, it was starting to click, and Russell Westbrook was playing some of his best basketball in years. And then, obviously, the season gets put on hold. Uh, Russell Westbrook, I believe, tested positive and missed time um, in the restart, and it just – fell apart and he could never get it uh, back going again where I I mean, look, we've all kind of talked about what does Houston do going forward? This is going to be the time. I think when you start to see the difference between rich and wealthy, when we look at owners and who is in which camp, look, it's not ideal to lose the amount of money that some of these guys are going to lose, but uh, some of these guys not all, these guys are going to lose this year, but some of these guys like your Steve Bolmers and Steve Sties size and Joe size, excuse me. And you know, some of the rich owners, I mean, they can afford it more so than others. Whereas we've already seen some of the reporting on Steve Bulmer. Some of these guys are going to be hit very, very hard. And those are the teams that it's going to be interesting to see who's the one that makes the rash moves of, we got to start shedding salary and we got to move some of these contracts and start building for the future. Because maybe the owner doesn't have as much money as the fans think he or she does. And you're going to start to see the difference between, okay, who's in that upper tier that can really afford it? And sure, we're all hurt by the pandemic, but this group isn't hurt as much as some of the others. And it certainly seems like the Rockets are in that ladder
1: camp. James Harden is back on the NBA's version of All Star Tinder. He, uh, he, his bio is basically, Back on here, just so I can delete the app again. And he swiped right on Dwight Howard. Didn't work out. He swiped right on Chris Paul, and it didn't work out. And then he swiped right on Russell Westbrook, and that also didn't work out. So I wonder who's going to be next. Um, did he
0: swipe right on... Dwight Howard, and to, I guess even to a lesser extent on Chris Paul, or were those like, hey, my mom set me up with this guy that she knew from work? I mean, Russell Westbrook was 100%. He kept swiping, and he was sliding into those DMs. Yeah. The others, who, who knows? But, yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm not um, – it seems like we have – it's probably the, the majority of NBA fans now at this point are anti-James Harden. I'm not quite as, as strongly in that camp as others, but I mean, it is worth pointing out the the names that you just referenced there. And I mean, we're potentially now talking about what the, at least the third superstar that has come in here or at least star that has come into Houston to be paired up with James Harden. And for whatever reason, it doesn't work. Look, maybe, maybe it's not James Harden's fault or at least not all of his fault, but Sooner or later, you do have to kind of re-examine things and think, well, this is your friend that is constantly breaking up with people or or going through divorce, and it's never their fault. And you're with them through the first two divorces, but then once the third one comes, you're thinking, all right, maybe they were crazy, but you you definitely had something to do with this as well.
1: It's interesting because despite all that, if you ask me whether, uh, if the Rockets come to me and say, uh, listen, Kane, we, we want Chris Milton, we want this uh, Brook Lopez, we want everything. You can have James Harden. Would I say yes? I would, I would say yes so fast that yeah. I, I couldn't even, I can't even explain how quickly I would say yes to that trade. And I, I've had a couple of people uh, message me on Twitter. Uh, by the way, I always say this, but you can get us at LockedOnBucks on Twitter there with any of your comments regarding uh, the show, but I mean, you would do it I mean, if you had the opportunity to pair Giannis with James Harden, you would do it in a second. I mean, arguably, uh, two of the, the more uh, dynamic, versatile scorers in the league, both averaging around the 30 point mark, obviously, Harden uh, above that this season. So, if you got the chance to pair those two together, you would absolutely do that. Uh, Chris Paul was a fantastic match for James Harden, they obviously just didn't like each other. He's clearly a difficult player to play with because uh, he he always has the ball in his hands. He, he always needs to uh, be dribbling, dribbling, dribbling. And and look, he's a fantastic player. There's no doubt. I don't particularly like watching him play, but if you had the chance to pair him with Giannis, you'd do it straight away. And it yeah, probably would make you the favorites for the NBA title.
0: You know, the interesting thing about uh, Harden, and I don't remember who it was. It may have been Zach Lowe, but one of the, I believe, ESPN guys was talking about this earlier in the off season about there's a lot of uh, criticism and whenever you're in the, I don't like James Harden. Uh, when you're on that side, it's usually because of the isolation play and you know, I just don't like watching it and he needs the ball and all the things that you've mentioned. But uh, again, I don't remember, it may have been Zach Lowe, but somebody pointed out, well, you know, in just some of the conversations we've had with James Harden, That's not who he is. Like, this is what he was asked to do within the system. But, you know, certainly he wasn't doing that in Oklahoma City. I mean, he wasn't even starting. But that wasn't the guy he was in OKC and even at Arizona State, that this was just basically, um, to an extent, Daryl Morey and Houston kind of exploiting the margins and saying, what if we played this way and this is how we could take advantage of it, that – you know, that's not necessarily who James is and James would actually prefer to play in a much more traditional type of system. So I do think we kind of hold some of this against him that may not even be his doing that. It was just, we figured out a way that we can get this to work and we can exploit some inefficiencies and we're taking advantage of it. And James Harden's the perfect guy to do it, but this isn't the only thing that he can do. So, Uh, I do think there is additional value to him and additional things that he can do that most fans probably aren't willing to consider or give him the benefit of the doubt just because it's been years and years of watching the same style that frankly nobody really finds or at least very few of us find enjoyable to watch and it's just been an easy punching bag and something that's been easy to criticize for all of their shortcomings in the postseason.
1: Like is always the case with other teams making significant moves, and we're keeping an eye on Chris Paul to see where he ends up uh, and, and certainly you know, I know Philadelphia was a destination we mentioned that he could potentially go to, which would be really, really curious uh for the box and the really the landscape in the east but also with the rockets it's not only a potential trade down the line for james Harden. and i think westbrook you know i don't think there's any contender that's going to be going in on him he's going to be owed 47 million dollars in 2023 it's absolutely absurd he's going to be 33 at that point westbrook and to me never really struck me as a player that's going to age gracefully once he does lose a little bit of that athleticism it's going to be all downhill for him but Uh, I think some of the other pieces that are on the Rockets are kind of interesting. Robert Covington is a guy that if he went to a contending team in the East, he could really make them better. Obviously, P.J. Tucker is a guy that people have spoke about. Um, But there is some players there. I know Eric Gordon, another one. But certainly Robert Covington is, is kind of an interesting guy
0: really interesting and again a a name that if we go back to around the trade deadline when you certainly got the this the feeling that minnesota was going to move him i think that's a name that a lot of bucks fans were kicking around and wondering hey we got miko nico last year i mean do we have what it what it takes to get robert covington and um he would seemingly be the ideal fit for replacing what you lost in marvin williams and giving you that opportunity to unlock some additional lineups and, and play Giannis at the five. I mean, that's a lineup that could work. Uh, both of those guys, really, with P.J. Tucker as well, either one of those two where you could play, uh, whether it's Robert Covington or P.J. Tucker, with Giannis in the front court. I mean, ideally, that's the type of thing that the Bucks. I, get, I, don't, I don't know if I would say want, but that's basically where fans want the Bucks to head towards.
1: Yeah, twelve million dollars on average the next couple of seasons there. So again, you know what? What could the Bucks actually trade to attract uh, the Rockets to move Robert Covington? It would probably be pretty difficult, but uh, you never know. It's something to watch there. The Rockets clearly are going to be a team to look at. Hey, uh, let's let's just entertain uh, the listeners here by bringing up Aaron Gordon's name. He did come up. Uh, he was sort of. A swirling around Twitter, the magic of making Aaron Gordon available, and uh, naturally, uh, the Bucks are being linked to him because it's pretty easy right now with the Bucks. Everyone understands they probably need to make a trade. So anytime anyone is available, it's like, oh, the Bucks are kicking the tires on Aaron Gordon. I, I don't really pay any interest to this one. Aaron Gordon, uh, he's his best position is playing at the four. I know we spoke about. Uh, playing Giannis at the five and going smaller, but Aaron Gordon can't shoot. I'm looking at the numbers here from cleaning the glass uh, last year. Uh, Fantastic finisher at the rim. We know that 68%, uh, which is a really good number, but mid-range 30%. uh, From three, he was 32% uh, overall uh, last season. So really, really struggling to shoot the ball anywhere and to score from anywhere outside of at the rim, which we know uh, the Bucks haven't lacked for scoring at the rim. That's for damn sure with Giannis there. So it would just be another player, even if you played him next to Giannis, he would not get the respect uh, that Giannis needs that he's uh, playing alongside him to have. Aaron Gordon would be a really bad fit. A fun play to watch, no doubt about it. It would be fun to see them two together, but uh, this one makes zero sense.
0: Uh, what What did you scroll past the fastest seeing that uh that report that the bucks had basically kicked the tires on uh Aaron Gordon or uh what a, a day or so prior seeing, hey, the Bucks have uh, worked out Denny Avia.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, uh probably Gordon. Probably Gordon. I can get I can get myself entertained in any type of uh draft stuff. But yeah, pretty funny that they went down uh that path there. i d I don't know but you know why they would even bother. But uh you know, I scrolled past the Aaron Gordon news uh, faster than I did the, the reported release of the Buck City edition uh, jerseys today on Twitter, which uh, did, did the rounds and uh, got people very excited.
0: Well, I mean, I think we both heard for a couple of years, yeah. We, it, at least it had been strongly hinted, the blue jerseys were on the horizon. And that was one of the things that a lot of people had asked for. The blue jerseys and you you've talked to our friend Dustin Godsey about it before too. The sleeved jerseys that nearly were a couple of years ago too. I mean, those are look, when when you get down the the jersey rabbit hole of Bucks Twitter, that is that is certainly something. And and to round things out too on the on the Covington thing, just to go back to that, I mean if you're the Bucs, really, if you're any team, I think Houston is probably that one team that you're the vultures that are circling the carcass of the Houston Rockets waiting to see, okay, do they go in full-scale rebuild and just sell off parts here? Because, I mean, look, it, it's it's only one additional year that, that Robert Covington has on his deal than some of the guys. But, I mean, look, depending on how much they're looking to shed money, if you could just flip them two expiring deals for it, you guarantee Ursan Ilya Silva for one final deal and DJ or for one final year in DJ Wilson. I mean, that would get it done salary-wise for Robert Covington.
1: It's true. And that could be, certainly with the Rockets in the situation they're in, something that would be uh, an attractive option for them. And uh, I have always wondered what sort of value DJ Wilson has around the league. Hey, one thing I wanted to finish off on today, and I, I think it's worth noting, I think it's worth uh, thinking about uh, moving forward I don't know why we haven't heard a lot about roster sizes uh, for the upcoming season here. And the reason I bring that up is because, uh, as we all know, uh, coronavirus is going to have an impact on this season. The New York Knicks already had to shut down their facility yesterday due to some positive tests on the staff and remember I mean whether it's staff whether it's players these guys are going to be in close contact it's going to be very difficult to only have one positive test in the team it's just the nature of the virus it's not going to work that way we saw that with obviously Pat Connaughton and Eric Bledsoe earlier this year so I, I'm just a little bit shocked that with the nature of the NBA schedule with the nature of the plan to play 72 games whether they get there or not who will know uh, time will tell with that but I, I think you've got to expand rosters to at least 2020 uh, 20 here. And I know that that then increases traveling parties and increases the contact they have together. But maybe uh, similar to, uh, I think they had a similar thing in baseball. You have a sort of a secondary squad uh, working out, or maybe you do have access to the entire G League roster or, or something like that. I know we're running out of time here to figure this out as far as the league goes, but you can't go into the season with just a 15-man roster. It's, it's not going to go well.
0: No, and I think the most surprising thing from the the summer was that it was it was. I mean, we know there was more than that in terms of staffers, but that it was just the two players in Bledsoe and Connaughton that you had dealing with the positive tests. And I would assume just because of how murky finances are in general, and yeah. you know, there's been talk of fans and at least recouping some of that, but it's still going to be massive losses again. That Uh, that every team is going to be dealing with this year. I I would guess that's right now the hang up on announcing any type of roster expansion, because like we said, I mean, some of these owners we talked about is Houston going to be selling off assets. I mean, some guys are probably not really eager to continue to add to the payroll right now that my guess would be, it would be more of a G league inclusion where we're at what I think all but two or three teams now have their own uh, G League affiliate that I I would assume it would just be more of that where you just have for this year full access to the entire G League club and there may come a time where you you need to call up four guys from your G League affiliate and those teams that don't have their own um, just basically I don't know if you work out a waiver wire where you sort through that on who can call up whom from Uh, the G League Select Club and, and the other two that are out there but I would assume it would be more leaning heavily on the G League than adding more potential payroll just because I'm not sure the amount of owners out there that are that are looking to expand the rosters this year pandemic or not
1: well either way OJ Mayo Brandon Jennings Larry Sanders, I'm sure, is looking at his chops at the opportunity of getting back in the NBA. But get OJ and Brandon back in the U.S. Get them back on the court. There's a chance you're playing for the Bucks this year. Uh, although, fingers crossed, uh, it's not required. But uh, listen, uh, as I said at the start, it's probably supposed to be the calm before the storm, but I don't think there's that much calm. I really have no doubt that by the time we record this show again tomorrow, there will be uh, more news. Uh, the... The DMs have been coming in from the listeners. The questions, the comments on Twitter have been coming through. If you have anything regarding today's episode, whether it's draft picks and a, a strategy you would have heading into the draft, whether it's about the Rockets and what's going on there, uh, hit us up. Hit us up. Or maybe even the question I would just ask you is, who is, the, who is your uh, favorite box player, pass player that's not in the league anymore that you want to see? On the uh, on the Bucks extended squad for the 2021 season, Justin, always a pleasure. You bet, anytime. All right, we will be back tomorrow to wrap up the week before the the absolute carnage and chaos of next week with the draft and free agency starting. Uh, stay safe out there. We'll speak to you guys tomorrow.